This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. Welcome on in, guys, to Fantasy Football Intervention. Devin, can you give me a little test? Test, test, one, two. Testies, one, two. Oh, yeah, you guys are getting a little bit of insight on what it's like to be here at the studio, a.k.a. my bedroom. Wow. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah, Devin and I in the bedroom together. Now, we are doing it a little bit differently than what we normally do, and I am excited to have Devin back in the house. What's going on, Devin? Not much, man. Been doing a lot of uh, basketball with five- to seven-year-olds. The past few weeks or so. And he's been dominating, let me tell you. It's not dominating. They don't he's even blocking the shit out of these kids. They're all <laughs> I'm like, not playing. My son is playing. Oh, oh I misunderstood that. My bad. <laughs> no, so, no, I thought no, you no. told me that you haven't been able to be here because you're out playing basketball. No, with no, no. I am out supporting my son. I'm not coaching, but I'm getting that itch to coach. I really enjoy being out there. Yeah. You know, with kids that young to like start learning a sport. And I know basketball is not really the sport that we talk about on this podcast or that I've ever really played at length but just seeing kids actually get into that game it's a lot of fun so uh, i will be back hopefully very soon basketball ends in march and we have baseball and football things kicking off in april too so yeah get excited for that speak of stuff getting kicked <laughs> off man we're kicking off the combine this upcoming sunday i believe it starts technically although i believe the testing will actually start up on what monday yeah monday yeah, but they'll they start doing some of the like interviews. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun. And actually, we talked a little bit about that in previous episodes. But it's kind of funny. One guy goes, there's no point to watching the combine. You can just check the results afterwards. But then what happens when you miss out on Chris Jones? You know, and his right. dick falling out. Dick falls out. No, but they might edit that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'll never get to see that again. No, but the more important part is actually watching different things, like the fluidity, fluidity of the hips when it comes to running the cone drills. Uh, watching people's momentum, that's mm-hmm. a big thing as well. And, of course, you know, just seeing how certain players carry themselves throughout the drills, you know, how they interact with other players, and just getting, you know, a tone and a, yeah, kind of an vibe. idea of who they are, a vibe, yeah. a vibe, perfectly said. And this will be a little bit interesting. I'm really excited to go through this because we're going to talk about some of these rookies that are going to stand out. And, of course, we have top-end guys for each position. You know, for the wide, wide receiver position, we have, what, a, a top five guys or so that are all in the same league when we talk about LaVisca Chenault, Henry mm-hmm. Ruggs maybe, potentially. Yeah, Henry uh, Ruggs is probably like the bottom of like that top five. Yeah, yeah. Your Jerry yeah, Judy's, yeah. your C.D. Lamb. T. Higgins. T. Higgins. Where T. Higgins is probably the most unpolished of the five. But he could but be the most has, dominant. Like, with he that, has that ceiling where that it's like... That physical profile is insane. You I send mean, him to like the Buffalo Bills, give him Love like him with Allen. the Bills. Wow. He, I mean, he could be Love him with the dominant. Eagles. I think he's Alshon Jeffrey, to be honest with you. I think he's yeah. the same exact player, which if you, you know, but, followed my yeah, previous show, Jeffrey shows, was more polished coming out, but he has that ability to be that guy. Was he a Gamecock? 
Alshon Jeffrey? Yeah. He was a game guy. Uh, how'd I know? Yeah. How'd I fucking know? No, but uh, yeah, he does have that, that ceiling that Alshon Jeffrey had. Hopefully does not have the injury history that yeah. Alshon Jeffrey had. But it makes it extremely interesting. And so for you, who do you think has the most upside when it comes to like the Jalen Rager and the Henry Ruggs and et cetera? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been really big on Jalen Rager at, in that top five or six receivers. But I've also been kind of getting more information on someone named Brandon Ayuk. I think I'm saying that last name correctly. We will bring him up here in a little bit, so I don't want to spoil that. However, he is so far out of the top five, I can't even tell you. Top five or six? Yeah, like he's one of those guys where I could see him that back of the second, you know, mid-third round guy, and like he could be another dude that can be extremely productive on your team. Doesn't always doesn't wow you in like a lot of different areas, but it's you know extremely consistent. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll talk about him here in a yeah. second. But to bring it back, which guy do you think has the most upside when it comes to those top five guys? Like the if you're five. doing the dynasty draft, because this is what we're all about, right? Yep. And you're stuck there. You need a wide receiver, and you're picking what fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth overall. Which guy are you going with? Because you know, top of my CD head, I, top of my head, I want Jerry Judy. Yeah, but most places, Jerry that, Judy's been the one, you know, the the number one receiver now for probably close to a season and a half. You know, yeah. with expectancy of the twenty twenty season. Yeah, but then you start thinking of like a lot of these mock drafts that you've seen. Where does he typically fall in the drafts? It just depends on what kind of league you, know, you, you play in. You see a lot where he's going to like the Cardinals. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then you're thinking like the offenses that he plays with. C.D. Lamb goes to the Raiders a lot in mock drafts, and depending on who the quarterback is, maybe Tom Brady, maybe it's Derek Carr, maybe it's Jordan Love. Who knows? You know, like I love all those receivers. I'm really more on Jerry Judy than I am C.D. Lamb. And I think you're ver- reversed. Slightly, but yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you just have to look at the, the physical attributes, you know, when it comes to C. Lamb's height, you know, weight, which actually is in question. He doesn't have the body mass index that I would actually like to see yeah. at a receiver his size. However, he does make the plays necessary. And we did see some drop issues with Jerry Judy. Although he did come back and make plays following yeah. that, you know, that is a little bit concerning because he is a body catcher on a lot of different opportunities, not yeah. a full-on hands catcher. Yeah, I think that that's the, probably the big thing I've seen with both Lamb and Judy is that they're not as dominant as, like, the last two guys who really come out of those respective schools where you think, like, um, Amari Cooper coming out of Alabama and then you have D.D. Westbrook coming out of Oklahoma where D.D. Westbrook was more of a burner. But he was, you know, still a pretty good hands catcher. And, you know, he's actually been one of the better Jacksonville receivers over the past couple of years. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, here's the deal. If you're in the top four, right, and you're, you're drafting, you need some players. If you're trying to win, you do not take a wide receiver at this point. This is not the year to do it. Reason being is because we don't have that 10 out of 10 guy that's the option. Right, We have a bunch of 8 and 9s out of 10s. C.D. Lamb, although he's going to be great, don't get me wrong, he's not a 10 out of 10 option. He's an 8 or 9. Jerry Judy, whether, which, whichever guy you want to go with, not a top-end option. He's an 8 or 9. The crazier part about this is the options that you're going to have in the second round of your rookie draft, especially if you're in 12-person leagues, they're going to be 7s. They could even be 8s in some cases. I mean, rugs might fall to the second round of your draft. Yeah. There are other guys that are going to be options to take, and you're not talking about a big gap. There is no gap almost between the guys that you're going to take in you know, spots five through you know, eight or whatever, the wide receiver position, 
that you're going to take in the same spot in the second round. Those guys are not that, that much further down. However, with the running backs, the running backs are such a big gap. We talk about Swift. We talk about uh, Dobbins. We talk mm-hmm. about Cam Akers. Or we talk about Taylor. Any one of those guys are going to be a step ahead of what the next option is. Right. It's a and bigger then, leap. Oh, my God. That leap is insane. And then after yeah. that, with yeah. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and anybody else? Darrington Evans, you know, a lot of those guys that are going to go a little bit later. Yeah, they're they're way further down, but yet they're going to be a massive, massive step back from the next tier yeah. of guys. And that's actually what we're going to bring up, is we're going to bring up those second and third tiers today, even fourth tiers to an extent, and what we expect to happen with these guys, and what we expect to happen with, you know, the draft itself, and where these guys can end up going. But the reality is, if you have a first four or five pick, you're not going to invest in a wide receiver. You need to invest in other places. Mm-hmm. Well, not even other places. You need to invest in the running back position. So, with that being said, guys like Prochet and Liscom, they aren't even on my radar yet. I mean, Liscom had an opportunity. I liked his production out of college. But watching the game film, I'm like, this guy's average at best. He's going to become the third, fourth option on a team that really doesn't pass. They're not going to invest heavily into the wide receiver position. The only way they become relevant is with injuries and with wide receiver position. I don't like to play that game. Like I don't, I don't have handcuffs for wide receivers in most cases, unless yeah. that handcuff is just a supreme athlete who just you know crushes shit. Liscom's not going to be that guy, right? Prochet's not going to be that guy. They're good, but they're not great. Right. Yeah. So where the radar starts going off for me, right? Starts going bing, 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 bing. I really start paying attention to guys. It kind of starts with those bigger, more physical guys that although they won't get a ton of targets, they can still go up and get the ball, especially when it comes to red zone opportunities and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Guys like Mike Williams, Dwayne Bowe, you know, guys that really doesn't matter landing spot because they're going to be utilized in the red zone, and you just have to look for that matchup. You have to look for the short, secondary guys where they're going to end up having to go up for a jump ball and they can't compete. Right. You know, like. CMC, uh, they're not going to need a guy like that because they're just going to use CMC for the Carolina Panthers and just you know pound them in the red zone. That's not a really advantageous landing spot. But for the most part, any other team, uh, maybe not Tennessee Titans either, but for yeah. the most part, any other team, you know, it's not going to affect their landing spot. Right. The first one being like Colin Johnson. He's 6'6", right, 220 pounds. Went to Texas. I mean, I could see him going in the fourth round to a number of different teams that are going to need that red zone help. Guys oh, that yeah. are having trouble scoring. Or even like the Eagles. Probably a big Eagles spot. Eagles would be a great spot for him to land. That's probably like my favorite favorite spot for him to go. I mean, you think a lot of other teams where even either the they, have, they have like the running back that is their guy or they have a tight end. Like you think like Kyle Rudolph for us is a huge red zone monster. And if you use your tight end to that extent, then you don't really need that 6'6 receiver in the back of the end zone either. But I think the Eagles, who are obviously extremely weak at receiver, need a red zone threat, need a big guy, Colin Johnson would be an, an amazing answer for them if they don't go receiver round one. Yeah, somebody like T. Higgins, if they end up taking T. Higgins, yeah. which is my favorite landing spot for T. Higgins, by the way. Yeah. I mean, he's literally the perfect replacement for Alshon Jeffrey. If they don't go with somebody like T. Higgins, it'd be the perfect landing spot. Somebody like the Bills, like we talked about, yeah. great landing spot as well. But a lot of these guys, you need to make sure that they have one of two things. You need to make sure that, well, I guess one of three f- things, actually, which is stuff we're going to find out with this combine. 
you know, how big their hands are, and if they can actually focus on the catch, come down with the ball. That's a huge, huge thing I'm watching yeah, I mean, for. Yeah, I mean, you know, if they're body catchers or they're hand catchers. Absolutely. And then for the, for the combine, we're talking about their 40 times to see if they can create any kind of separation or, you know, they're going to be able to have one guy on them that can jog pretty much right <laughs> next to them right. for a cornerback. You know, are they slugs on the field? And how are their footwork when it comes to the agility drills? Right. How will they get a little bit? They need some sort of separation because even guys like Jameis Winston and Philip Rivers, although they will throw the jump ball, which we've seen obviously with their interception right, yeah. habits, they'll throw the jump ball. But you can't be under running the route, you know, and having this other cornerback or safety, whoever it is, run circles around you. Yeah. So I'm paying huge, huge attention to the 40 times and the agility drills for guys like this. Yeah, that's right. You can't, like you said, watching the combine is so much better because. Just looking at raw numbers on the page doesn't always give you everything you need. That eye test is extremely important when watching the combine. So you just kind of see that guy who has that extra wiggle room or that extra separation or extra move or something that somebody might do. Like someone like Tyreek Hill and someone like Stefan Diggs, the way that they play the game, completely different. Super fast guys, but wow. I mean, they can create some separations. insane. Yeah, I mean, that's why they've succeeded versus guys like Rashawn Perryman, which I mean, I can't really say considering the end to the season, but it was Jameis Winston just throwing up balls. <laughs> right. But like a lot of that was luck. But no, I mean, agility is so strong. A lot of the also draft capital has to do with what school you went to. So we have other guys that are very similar to Colin Johnson, guys like Gabriel Davis, 6'3", 212 pounds, went to UCF. Isaiah Hodges, 6'4", 209 pounds, went to Oregon State. I mean, those two guys, not big schools. So, you know, we have to see if they're actually going to outperform what everybody else has seen because they did go to small schools. And there are reasons why they didn't get uh, offers to go to some of these bigger schools. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing where that's another thing that I like to do because I like to go all the way back to the high school level and seeing how they progress throughout. So someone like Stefan Diggs, sorry to bring back all the Minnesota Vikings. Here guy. we go again. Constantly bringing up Did you up guys my miss the Minnesota Vikings, all yeah. you regular listeners? Because Devin's back. I'm back. Baby. He is back. Well, if you just a little history lesson on Stefan Diggs. He was a five-star athlete coming out of high school, going into college, and he's from the Maryland, you know, Washington, D.C. area. Could have went anywhere in the country, had offers everywhere, stayed home, played at Maryland, small school or whatever. Is Maryland technically a small school, the Terrapins? Yes. I mean, now that they're Big Ten, they're slightly bigger, but at the time he played there, it's ACC. You know, DJ Moore played Maryland as well. So very similar type of, like, big receivers now in the league, but Diggs was a fifth-round pick, and he statistically is one of the better receivers in the league today. I mean, his... He big sucks. play, his big play, his big <laughs> big playability, his catch rate, all those things are phenomenal. But it's it's still it's like he was a fifth round pick, but at one point he was a five star receiver. So I, that just bringing back to where some there might be a reason why Gabriel Davis went to UCF, where Brandon Marshall will tell you that UCF is wide receiver U. So <laughs> wait, UCF is wide receiver U? That's what Brandon Marshall would make you think. Oh shit, I didn't yeah. realize that because Brandon Marshall went to UCF. That's a very similar type player too, yeah. right? A big physical body. I mean, he's 6'3", 212 pounds. It's not 220 like I think Brandon Marshall was. Yeah, but I mean, like, you look at Brandon big, Marshall, dude. but then you think like Brandon Marshall when he back when he was with the Broncos, then when he was with the Bears, lining up next to a young Alshon Jeffrey. Like, that's just like that similar body type. And there's been a lot of UCF guys that have come out of the league. I'm pretty sure Rashad Perriman's a UCF guy as well. So Gabriel Davis is definitely somebody we need to keep an eye on. Yeah. Got to make sure he actually has wheels on him. 
you know, yeah, exactly. or some sort of form. He, he's going to have a he's going to have a, a physical attribute that's going to set him apart from somebody. Yeah, vertical leap as well. Oh, and that's something I'm looking at with Colin Johnson. Just to backtrack a little bit, Colin Johnson, although he's six six, some of these bigger guys that are you know much taller than everybody else, just because they're bigger doesn't mean that they're going to win jump balls, right? Because exactly. you could have a guy that's six two and out jump a guy that's six six mm-hmm. by four inches, just because you rule the combine with your vertical leap. <laughs> And your ability to track the ball is huge. Yeah. So once again, I mean, we got to keep an eye on that vertical leap, along with you know some of these passion drills that are going to be running throughout the combine. Yeah, that's why I love the combine. I mean, I remember watching Julio Jones at his combine, and he dominated the combine that year. And he had broken bones in his foot. I think he had like four broken bones in his foot, and he still had like the highest vertical leap and things like that. Dude, the Obviously, amazing. he went he went on to it. be a monster receiver. I cannot wait to sit down and watch oh, the yeah. combine. Everybody's like, it's so boring. I'm like, dude, you figure out so much shit just by watching yeah. these guys for a few minutes. But it's, it's just, yeah, it's, and it's a lot of fun because I mean, you're just you're watching, you know, who, who's going to be the fastest yeah. receiver, who's going to be the fastest quarterback. I mean, the defense. What's that linemen, show with Stone Cold Steve Austin? Tough like, enough? Yeah, yeah. It's like the same thing, but at the common, right? Just right. who's the best athlete. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because especially now when you're thinking like offensive line. What linemen, if Stone Cold could run the oh combine? Oh, my God, that'd be amazing. What if he could run the combine? I want to see. You I, can jump higher! I want to see freaking Rich Eisen versus Stone Cold Steve Austin doing the 40 <laughs> against each other. Does Stone Cold have to dress up just like he did when he was <laughs> oh in the wrestling God. ring? Dude, just put on some jorts, put on his, his uh, knee braces. Oh, God. Dude, he was amazing. The vest? The, uh, the vest, yeah, the glass breaking. All right, so maybe I'm saying this wrong, and maybe you can correct me, but uh, Juwan, Juwan Jennings? Juwan Jennings. Out of Tennessee. Tennessee. Uh, 6'3", 208. He's another guy that's very similar profile to the rest of those guys, where he's more of a jump ball-esque type receiver. Yeah. So I know that these guys are kind of tough to judge because they did go to smaller schools, so we didn't get to watch a ton of film on them. But out of these, Colin, Colin Johnson... Gabriel Davis, Isaiah Hodgins, and Juwan Jennings. Which Jen- guy would Jennings you? Is my favorite. Jennings for yeah, sure. For sure, hands down is my favorite. Uh, I, I we spoke about this in our little pre-show, but I see him going to the Patriots, and I think that he'd be a perfect pairing with Nikhil Harry. Where it's like you see some teams where they start, they'll take similar guys, and I don't, I don't like that sort of formula when you're building your team. You have to have you know guys that have different skill sets. So someone where you have Nikhil Harry who can't really get separation, Jawan Jennings gets separation. Does he really? It's 6'3", yeah. 208 pounds. He gets separation. He gets so separation. you think he's going to test well in the 40? Oh, yeah. He should be. What he, about his agility and his burst? I, I would say he's going to be a top five guy in, in all those drills. Really? Yeah. He's going, to be, he's going to be dominant. So why do people have him going so much later than everybody else? It's probably just he had low production in college. He didn't. Just wasn't there? Yeah. I don't think he, he, only, I think he only played the two years. And his quarterback play was really bad there. He had, they had some guy named, was it Jarrett Gartano and some other random jabroni. <laughs> I mean, so like, that's kind of like one of your, your homer picks, or your sleep, not homer picks, but your yeah. sleeper picks for somebody that's going to rise up the draft board significantly yeah. and somebody that you think is definitely going to perform in the NFL? I think he's definitely going to be a guy that's going to perform well at this combine. He'll rise up. I, cause I could easily see him going third, fourth round to the Patriots. That's where I see him going. What about somebody like Chase Claypool? It's bigger schools, and these guys are a lot bigger than the other guys we talked about. I mean, Chase Claypool, 6'4", 229 pounds, played for Notre Dame, probably going to go in the third round because of the big-name school. Yep. And then we have a guy like Michael Pittman, who's 6'4", 230 pounds, one pound heavier, went to USC, bigger school. He'll yeah. most likely go in the second or third round, depending on how he tests. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's kind of weird judging some of these players, because I remember watching 
you watch the big schools year in, year out, and certain names stick with you over the years. Where you think, like, when I think USC, I think Marquise Lee. Michael Pittman doesn't come to mind. Yeah. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster, USC, he comes to mind. Because, like, those guys were coming out year after year at USC. But these were more athletic profile guys. Right, Michael Pittman names, is a like they, they were this like, guy's a possession receiver through and through. Yeah. I mean, he goes up and he if he has an opportunity to get the ball, he comes down with the ball in a lot yeah, of he, opportunities. He reminds me a lot more of like a Jordan Matthews out of Vanderbilt, where it's like he was a guy that was very trustworthy, could catch the ball, but then at the next level he's disappeared. I don't know. I, I for Michael Pittman, he's actually one of my favorite bigger guys. Yeah, I, he isn't one of those but guys. He, he just scares, kind of scares me a lot me. too. He scares me a lot. He, he reminds me a lot of Jordan Matthews. Not exactly play style, but just that feeling of where it's like, hey, that guy can get the ball at any time. And in the in college, he always came down with it. It was great. Next level, can you do it again? So that's where the question is for me. He's a boomer bust for definitely. So I would see him going probably third, yeah, fourth round. I believe I compared him to actually Dwayne Bow, okay, that big yeah. get up type receiver who you know goes and dominates on jump balls. And Dwayne Bow just disappeared. Was it the yeah. system or was it his abilities? Yeah. So I mean, you think in the landing spots, going to be obviously it's going to be extremely huge. So have you watched Chase Claypool at all? Because you know, if he's them as Chase, he has to be great, right? He has to be great. <laughs> no, I did. I did not get a lot of uh, Notre Dame because when I watch tape on Notre Dame, I'm usually watching the offensive line. <laughs> to, be, to be completely honest, <laughs> well, I mean that Which, makes sense. Them and linebackers, right? Right. Them. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, it's like the, the oh my god because I, I mean obviously being a Minnesota Viking fan I'm looking for offensive line every year and I'm just hoping that our team takes them so, so just looking at like Tommy Kramer and you know obviously you had the the brothers um now they're my Wait, are you going off on offensive line tangent on a fantasy football podcast yeah exactly <laughs> I'm just <laughs> saying that I I wish I knew a little bit more about Chase Claypool that's just like typically I look at specific teams for specific reasons. And offensive line at Notre Dame is a big thing for me. And I can't wait to see his catch radius. So, oh yeah, after his uh, you know vertical comes out, and after his cone drills come out, I don't think he's going to score very well on the cone drills. But I think he's going to crush his vertical. And this guy, like every single like highlight film that I've watched, he's gone up and just got it. Every game film that I've watched, mm-hmm. he's just gone up and he's got it. Or at least he prevents the defender from making a play. But he could literally be like three yards away from the ball. Like the ball is thrown his way, but it was just an inaccurate pass or maybe the wrong route was run or maybe there's miscommunication. And the defender's in the right spot to grab an interception. Before you know it, this guy's reaching in the way from three yards away just to <laughs> get that, the ball yeah. away from I mean, the defender. He can be a playmaker. I would. He, he has a tremendous potential, and I like Pittman. I think he's my favorite guy out of this group, but Chase is very, very close. Yeah. Well, he got the matching name. He, that's like a tie it's not goes, because of that. Tie goes to the runner, I would think. It's not because of that. No, it actually, Michael Pittman is my favorite. Now, do you think Juwan Jennings could actually outperform either one of these guys? Yeah, I, like I said, I think he's like a sleeper. Okay. He, he should be a quick, I think he rises after the combine. He's just one of those guys, like, I'll look up his stats. I just think that he's one of those guys that kind of suffered from poor quarterback play. And I know certain receivers can kind of avoid that. Or you think like someone like DeAndre Hopkins, where he's spent how many years in, in Houston, and now that he has Watson. But before that, he's probably had like seven different quarterbacks throw to him. What do you think he's going to run? Like a four-five-five? Five? I, I think he. I think he's a he's a sub four-six. Probably the fastest he'd run is four-five-two. I, I would. That's probably my my guess for his top. Be four-five-two. But like, 
His separation ability is pretty good. I, I'll have to I'll look up his stats. Well, I'd be interesting to see if just, he's if he keep up with uh, Omar Bayless, for example, like from Arkansas State, who's also six mm. three, two hundred seven pounds, and had huge production in college. Omar Bayless, ninety three receptions, sixteen hundred eighty three yards, and seventeen touchdowns last year. Yeah, it's insane production. Yeah, and I mean, this guy has wheels on him, so they're that's, expecting that's, him that's to like, run. Is that big fish in a small pond type deal too? That's I mean, that's the kind of the the trick with and these that's always what they, people. people always say that. So um, why didn't he get that big offer from another school? Yeah. Why did he end up with Arkansas State? It might have just been opportunity, so he could yeah. show it off. That's true. I mean, because like again, someone like bring back to a different Minnesota Viking, oh, Adam Thielen. You think like, Adam Thielen? Maybe he was a late bloomer in a different way, whereas like maybe he didn't. Get as tall as he was at one point when he was leaving high school going into college. But the thing you got to be curious with that, or I'm sorry, the thing you've got to be cautious with that is the fact that some of these late bloomers and whatnot, they're not advantageous to draft in fantasy because you have to yeah. hold on to them for three or four years and just watch them waste away as a roster clog in your spot. This is why I like taxi squads to an extent because guys that you assume to be a late bloomer can end up you know, sitting on that spot instead of wasting space on your yeah. roster. But... You know, it also it depends. depends on the team that certain players go to. Because I, I always worry a little bit when players go to the Vikings because I know that that player probably won't see a lot of playing time until that third year because they typically you know go into the system and then they have to follow, you know, follow behind the guy that's in front of them and then they have to wait until they have that breakout moment and then they go into the starting lineup. Where someone like Adam Thielen cut his teeth on special teams and made a lot of special teams plays. Then that, was that third so receiver. Huge. And he was Wide deep receivers on the, you know, that play deep. special teams are so big oh, yeah. when it comes to knowing where they're going to end up. Somebody like what Jalen Rager played a ton of special teams, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And he dominated special teams, which is why everybody loves him. But everybody forgets about Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager's flying up draft boards, right? He's mm-hmm. going to end up running a sub 4-3. He's going to end up dominating. He had a 48% catch percentage in college. Yeah, <laughs> he only caught forty eight percent of the balls that were thrown to him, and that might have had a lot to do with the quarterback. Don't get me wrong, because from right. my understanding, it wasn't great quarterback play yeah. to say the least. Like it was actually subpar quarterback play when it came to overall. He would have been better in any other situation. Yeah. However, and I, I I do hate to sit there and just blame the college quarterback all the time, but it's just like certain players can't always play above the talent level. Even though you know like you want that guy to be like, hey. I want you to be DeAndre Hopkins. I don't care what your situation was. I don't care who the jabroni was throwing you the football. You you got to come down with it every time. You're DeAndre Hopkins. Like, <laughs> and and that's kind of the expectation because he did it the year before that. But he also didn't have great catch percentages for the previous three or right. two years prior to that. So that's going to be an interesting thing to monitor. That's his big. Yeah, that's his big knock is the catch percentage. And that's, and that's a huge you. knock. That's a yeah, huge. I mean, that's, that's in less college, than having catches. less than fifty yeah. percent. I don't care how bad your quarterback is. You're yeah. catching less than fifty percent of your catch. I mean, because you think like college quarterbacks, they're expected to hit at least sixty percent of their passes. All I'm saying, so. people. All I'm <laughs> saying, people, is be very, very cautious of Jalen Rager. Go back and watch the drop balls. Go back and check them out and make sure. Make sure that it's not just a freak athlete that you're falling up in love with. It's actually a freak NFL player. Because I can come up with so many different instances. Kevin White. Mm. Shot Perryman up until this year. Guys that just dropped the ball. Dante Moncrief. Another yeah. perfect example of a guy that just dropped Kevin White balls. was a high, dra- high draft pick. 
Uh, Jalen Rager is going to be too. Yeah. I'm just saying you got to be cautious of those speed freaks that make some highlight plays. Yeah. You want consistency. You don't want him catching four out of eight balls because the quarterback will stop throwing him the ball. You want a guy that's catching seven out of nine passes, you know, six out of eight. You want that higher catch percentage, not just the highlights. All right, going back to Juwan Jennings for just a moment. There were 2,878 yards thrown this past season for Tennessee Volunteers. 969 of those yards went to Jawan Jennings on 59 receptions. He averaged 16.4 uh, yards per catch, had a long of 51 yards, and he had eight touchdowns, which led the team. And that's eight out of the total 19 thrown touchdowns. That's solid. That's a tremendous dominator rating. So he, he did have, the, then, like I said, this is just production for this one year, and that production was between three quarterbacks as well. So, wow. like I said, there's three quarterbacks that played throughout this entire season. They all loved him. Yeah. I wonder they, how many yeah, dicks I mean, he sucked. Did he suck all three or just two? What was that? Do you think he sucked all three dicks or just two? Oh, no. To get the quarterback Well, I mean, he, he sucked the coach's dick, too, because he also has an uh, incomplete pass because he was one. He's the four, <laughs> he's a, John Jennings is the fourth quarterback listed here for passing. Oh, for, oh of one. <laughs> so, he, he had a trick play in there somewhere. <laughs> so, I was like, you'd have to look back and see what his full college production was, but he's one of those guys I think he's a big sleeper. Should definitely rise after this combine. I like that. But That's well. definitely news to me. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, going on from that? Isaiah Coulter went to Rhode Island, another small school. He's 6'3", but he only weighs 190 pounds. So is this mm. guy, you know, destined to fill out? Or is he going to be 190 pounds at 6'3", for the rest of his career? I mean, you want your guy, if he's 6'3", to be at least 205 pounds. Yeah, I mean, it, it, being under 200 pounds worries me. Just from the standpoint of durability and things like that. where. I don't want you to be, you know, functionally like, quote unquote, overweight as a certain player. It's like if you can play at two hundred five or two hundred ten at that height, even though you've been one ninety most of your life or whatever, adding that in muscle that shouldn't be that bad. Just to kind of yeah help your body. He's great at tracking the ball. He's yeah. phenomenal tracking the ball. One of the best in the nation. And if you just throw it up to him long, he's going to go get it. At 6'3", 190, he's a burner. He, 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 remind, he reminds me a bit of Adam defenses. Thielen, but just much faster. Oh, my God. You and Adam Thielen. Everybody's Adam I Thielen. I love Adam Thielen. Tell me, tell me somebody who tracks the ball better than Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Come on. Sean anyone, Jackson. Did anybody else watch the Saints lose to the Vikings? That I can't dagger. I can't. That dagger can't. to the heart. I can't with you. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about his agility score. I really don't. Um, I don't care about his cone drill. I don't care about yeah. any of that stuff. I don't care about how he tests in any other facet. He's going to be a speedster, and I think he's worth a third-round shot depending on what team he ends up right. with, as long as they like to throw it deep. I think the Ravens would be a good spot for him. Well, they already got Marquise Brown, though. I, I know they have Marquise, but I think they need another guy that is fast that pr- provides this slightly different... Like I said, he's the he's probably going to be a better tracker of the ball than Hollywood Brown. You Holly, think? I think so, because Hollywood Brown, like I said, Hollywood Brown is pure speed, great hands, but... There were some he's times Hollywood this year, for a reason. He, I mean, he's Hollywood just because his cousin's crazy. But that's that's another thing. <laughs> Get out, <laughs> fuck out of here. All right, on to my next guy. This is my favorite guy in the entire draft when it comes to values. Uh, he's a guy that I cannot wait to see run the 40. Can't wait to see him do the cone drills. I think he's the most talented athlete outside of the first round when it comes to draft capital. And that's going to be Donovan Peoples-Jones. Mm. 6'2", 208 pounds. Michigan, 
Yep. He's predicted to go in the fifth round. He's going to end up being a second-round pick, in my opinion. Yeah. He is an absolute beast. He is extremely talented, and his ability to get open... Just from using like his head, like not like his football instincts are oh, through yeah. the roof. His intelligence is off his the charts. Production wasn't there. His production was not there, but I feel like yeah. that was a that's a another product of his environment and yeah, his quarterback play. And yet he wasn't dropping balls. He had above average hands. Mm-hmm. Almost people he's on the borderline of having great hands. Not phenomenal hands, but great hands. Yeah. And he can go up and get the ball. This guy is gonna be one of my favorite guys coming out of this draft, and I'm gonna have a shit ton of shares. Of Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah, my dad's a huge Michigan fan, so he, he's been pretty big on uh, DJP. Or D, DPJ, sorry, my bad. Flipped it. Can we just start abbreviating all these people's <laughs> names that have multiple? Right. Like, <laughs> God, how many times do I have to say Claire Edwards-Hilaire? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Claire, yeah. <laughs> see, there we go. Yeah. Perfect. But Perfect. I really... I have been drinking some bourbon. I really like the idea of him going up to like early in the third round being picked by the Detroit Lions. That's not a bad fit to pair with Kenny Galladay to take over the yeah. spot of Marvin Jones. I mean, like I said, because I could see him going late second to like the uh, the Packers is another spot. I could see him. I could see him probably going to a lot of those late second teams. But I I think that he sneaks in early third right to the Detroit Lions. Not to pivot too hard, but what do you think about AJ Green going to the Packers? That'd be interesting. I th- I think he's gonna be excited if they take. I'm pretty sure they take Burrow, the Bengals. And if if you've seen our post, uh, if Burrow goes there, yeah, you, we have a little post out where it's a, a little poll, yes or no. Do you think that Burrow should force his way out of the Cincinnati Bengals pick and go elsewhere? You know, just go to our page, Fantasy Intervention on Facebook. You can yes or no on that. Drop a comment if you think he should and where he should go, or at least you know try to force his way to a place like you know. Maybe Carolina. That'd be a good spot. Get back get back with Joe Brady. That'd be interesting. I'd like to see that. That would be very interesting. Anyways, <laughs> um, back to it. Uh, my next guy. And this guy is one of my favorite players' players, not just my favorite like prospects. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I think my favorite prospect is Donovan Peoples-Jones, who I'm going to, like I said, have a ton of shares of. But this is my favorite, like, just balder. And that's going to be Lynn Bowden. Ooh. You know what I'm talking about? I like Kentucky? Him. Yeah. Quarterback? I mean, wide I, receiver? I don't like him. I'm mad at him. But I, I he's a good player. Why are you mad? Well, a lot of these guys are SEC guys, right? Yep. Um, not Obviously, not Peoples-Jones. He's a, a, a Big Ten guy. But when you think Kalijah Lipscomb, he's Missouri. So we have our Battle of Columbia every year because Columbia, South Carolina, Columbia, Missouri. You think you got Lynn Bowden out of Kentucky. We have rough games with Kentucky all the time. We play Tennessee. Obviously, got Jawan Jennings, so he's he's burned us a couple times. Um, so I, I have a history with these certain SEC guys where I've we've watched the games. And Lynn is one, you know, year in year out, where that guy just does things to you. So like Benny the Snail, he just for whatever does the reason, <laughs> Benny the Snail would always just ram it straight up our ass, and he, he'd win he's games. Not even a good running back. He's not even a good How'd running you guys back. Let that happen because probably because Javon Kinlaw was missing some of those games. But damn it, man. Our defense, it struggled after Cl- Clowney left, but I digress. I miss Clowney. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't <laughs> with you. All right. Uh, Lynn Bowden, he was the quarterback because their quarterback got hurt, right? Is that correct for Kentucky? Their yeah. quarterback got hurt, so they, they didn't really have one a great left backup. and then one got hurt, yeah. Yeah, so they had to bring in this guy that was actually a wide receiver but played some high school ball. Mm-hmm. 
And this guy, he ran the ball more than he passed, and I'm pretty sure. At least it was pretty damn yeah. close. He was, yeah, he was pretty dynamic. He played a lot like a Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Jackson yeah. not as dynamic as Lamar Jackson, of course, but very similar style. Yeah, and he, I mean, dude, he dominated left right, and he yeah. has some attitude. He has some personality. He almost got in a fight yeah. with the players before the bowl game, right? Was that yeah. Virginia Tech? I think it was Virginia Tech. It might have been tech. Yeah, but either he, way, they almost got, got a fight. He's got a personality, but it's not like a bad one. I just like it's it's kind of like reminds me of Joe Burrow with that, where it's like you have that confidence that rides a little bit close to cocky, just rides that line a little bit. Baker Mayfield? No, Baker Mayfield's <laughs> way past way past the line. He, he signs his name cocky on the dotted line. <laughs> That's, no. his name is cocky. <laughs> That's his name. That's his name. He just cocky writes Mayfield. cock with a Y. Yeah. Well, I mean, because you think like in the, a lot of these guys that they'll have similar stories where it's just like. You know, they've been looked over, passed over for years and years where you had yeah. someone like Joe Burrow sitting on the bench at Ohio State year after year watching other guys go to the NFL or whatever. And then now he dominates this huge year at LSU. We're sitting at the bar, you know, a couple months back watching his monster game against Oklahoma. You know, things like that, which was insane. That Justin Jefferson, ooh, we've heard, we haven't talked about Justin Jefferson. Well, yeah, that was one of the top five. Oh, oh wait, no. He's outside of the top five. No. He's like six or seven. Well, we still got that to go. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to that. We got to get back because I, I like him. I had a, uh, I did a another little tangent. I did a mock draft the other day. Joe Burrow to the Bengals. Justin Jefferson to the Bengals. Clyde Edward Hilaire to the Bengals. I liked it. One two. He was no. Edward Hilaire was like the fourth or fifth round pick, but wait, Edward Hilaire's not going that late. Yeah, he's in the, going well, in that third draft, round. He, in the draft, round. he was the fourth round. Yeah, I think. I'm pretty sure it was the fourth round. I'd have to look at my... my yeah, that uh, would have to be the first but pick. But Justin Jefferson was the second pick. I took like a defensive lineman in the third. Running backs are heavy this year, man. Yeah. We'll, t- we'll talk about them here in a second. But getting back to it, with Limbaugh, this guy could end up in Carolina. And I've been spot? talking about, I've been ranting about, and watch, it's going to happen. I've been ranting for the past month and a half about Taysom Hill going to Carolina, being the quarterback there. They already have the system. They already have the players that succeeded with Cam Newton mm-hmm. running a very similar offense that they could run with Taysom Hill. Yeah, I think the only thing that worries me about Taysom Hill is one age. Well, that's you can't say the only thing because there are multiple issues. Well, six passes this past year. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like, him not the, being the an biggest, NFL player until biggest, he turned twenty-seven. The biggest thing is his injuries. The biggest thing overall is injuries. He had like I think three season-ending college football injuries. He's 30 years old this year, going, going into 30 31. Or 31 years old. So just now going into being Which a is why starting, it made no sense to me why the Saints would ever consider him to yeah. be a franchise quarterback. I, mean, I think this is so overblown. The Saints yeah. being locked onto Taysom Hill. He is a gadget player. Right. He's a perfect gadget player they have, for a mindset. Or they have $10 a, million. A dollars. They have less than $10 million in cap space. Yeah. Less than ten. I mean, if he was the heir apparent to Drew Brees, Dude, he's not. why did they start Teddy Bridgewater for those five games that Br- Brees missed? With Taysom Hill, if he ends up signing with Carolina, which I've been about and ranted about I do constantly. like that. I like that fit. Um, yeah, they have Chris McCaffrey, who would be the perfect running back for that system. They could trick people. They look similar. They, they like did. Both. They're both white. <laughs> They're both white and like muscular. One guy, one guy, one guy's like, one guy's like six inches tall, and the other one, so you have to squat. Anyways, Taysom Hill squatting while he runs. It's gonna be the name of this episode. He's taking a shit while he's running. He's crazy. Um, no, but uh, with that, if they end up drafting somebody like Lynn, Lynn Bowden, right? And Lynn Bowden plays as a wide receiver, but hypothetically, you talked about Taysom Hills 
injury history. Mm-hmm. He's been injured constantly. And if they do end up wanting to treat Lim Bowden like their, you know, occasional quarterback, they could run the same system without having to change their offense, without having to change the the system they run through their their starting quarterback at the yeah. time. They Lim Bowden could run the same exact offense that Taysom Hill runs. He's the same player. He is literally Similar one player. inch yeah. shorter. He's one inch shorter and like 15 pounds lighter. But Taysom Hill has had 10 years to put on that weight. Right. And, and like I said, and Bowden doesn't have the injury history that doesn't. Taysom Hill. Yeah, like I said, and he's 30. And I love Hill's him going 30, to Carolina. Turning 31 this year, correct? Yeah, Lynn Bowden's like he's 22. Yeah, he's like 22. 21-22. Yeah, that's just the thing with Taysom Hill that really freaks me out. It's like, I don't understand why this is happening. Like, why are people talking about it? It's like, I know he's a great deep ball thrower and would really go extremely well in the Carolina offense. I think it's perfect. DJ Moore there to spread it out. Joe Brady, who just freaking went insane with Madden numbers with Joe Burrow this past year. At LSU, and now he's in the NFL. Like, you give him Taysom Hill and be like, hey, do what Joe Burrow did last year. Without the offensive line, but still. Without the offensive line. But you have CMC. He played with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> it's like, so it's like. It's the perfect <laughs> marriage. That's what I'm you trying have to DJ say. DJ Moore and all these And other nobody guys. gets it. Everybody's yeah. hating on my concept. I'm not saying that it's a lock to happen. I'm not yeah. saying that it's probable to happen. I even think that Carolina, who just signed a six year contract. With rule or seven-year contract. Seven-year contract, yeah. They're not going to try and win now. And Taysom Hill is more of the win-now yeah. situation. But if they do sign him to be a bridge quarterback for somebody like Bowden, it's the perfect opportunity to You'll do so. Sign him a two- or, two or three-year deal. Say, hey, you're our starting quarterback. We want to draft this other guy, and we want you to help bring him into the fold or whatever. Yeah. And, and, like, and, and we want you to win now because you're not going to have an offensive line. You're yeah. going to have to run. And you're going to be like 40 in two years anyway, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but but where does Lynn Bowden fall for you? Like, is he draftable at that point? The rookie drafts that he he's a third round shot. I mean, it's it's really hard for me to say because like I I've been watching college football for years and years, and certain players I thought were locks for draft picks go undrafted. Oh, well, he, he's locked for a draft pick. He's gonna be a third round pick max, like maybe four, max fourth round pick. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I mean, when you think top of the fourth round teams that might miss, just kind of wait on quarterbacks. And things like that. You're like, what if he scores in the 85th percentile? As a wide receiver, by the way, not as a quarterback. Right, as yeah. a wide receiver, he scores in 85th, 85th percentile in his agility drills and runs a, a 4 3 8 40. Oof. That's sexy. And he has hands. That and he knows sexy. what the quarterbacks are looking for. Right. This guy all of a sudden should vault up draft boards. And I think he's one of the biggest sleepers when it comes to wide receivers out of anybody out there. He's going he to be a slot guy, Carolina, in my opinion. If he doesn't go to Carolina, another NFC. I mean, probably any NFC South team at this point. Dude, sounds the Falcons. The Falcons, the Saints. <laughs> the, the Falcons, the Saints, the, the Panthers, and the Buccaneers all sound intriguing at that point. Because you think how many offensive minds that are extremely amazing are all in there. Minus the Falcons, obviously, they have Dan Quinn, his defense. But what about the could, Cowboys? They could do some stuff with him. What about the Cowboys? No. Yes. Think about it. They're losing Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb's a free agent. I mean, him and Cobb are a similar player. You know, like, they're, dude, if, if he scores like that in the Cobb drill, he's in Kentucky, too. So. Dude. Oh, did he? Yeah, <laughs> he, was, he was a quarterback wide receiver. Dude, I'm predicting the future. Kentucky, yeah. 
he ends up there. And with that attitude and his spunk, yeah, he could be there. there's nobody there that has that. He could be the heir apparent. Dude, he's going to be an all-star. He is going to be a yeah, superstar. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's just really hard to say where he's going to go and at what point. I could see him going to the Packers, too, which is scary. I don't want to see him go there. Because that was the, that's where receivers got to die. Well, that's where Cobb was born. Okay, my next guy. What? No, no, that's where they go to die now. That's where they go to die in Aaron's old age. All right, so my next guy, KJ Hill, Ohio State, six foot, one hundred ninety-five pounds, most likely going third round. My question to you is why? As an NFL team, why would you take Henry Ruggs in the first round when well, you could have KJ Hill in the third round? who might be faster than Henry Ruggs, or at least comparable. Yeah, I'm extremely excited to see them, the tail of the tape for them during the Combine. I don't know, like I said, I love K.J. Hill. A lot of these Ohio State guys, I love that they present this great value because obviously you have, how many draftable receivers can you think of? <laughs> like, he, I mean, we have pages filled up of draftable receivers right now. It's insane. Yeah, it's, it's an insane depth. Obviously, like we said, there's the top-heavy guys, but no one, no one in the class is really I don't think the wide receivers, yeah, no, I don't even think it's top-heavy. I think it's yeah, yeah. pretty even all the way through. We're talking about K.J. Yeah. Hill here in the third round being equal value to Ruggs when it yeah. comes to, I guess, talent versus draft position. Yeah, because, I mean, I think, like, Ruggs is another Alabama guy who presents with that over-the-top speed, has pretty good hands, but then you're thinking, like, K.J. Hill, he's very similar to like a Michael Thomas, who was a Ohio State receiver not too long ago. And I, I love those Ohio State guys. Like They dominate everybody they play. Do you know who the leading receiver is for Ohio State when it comes to yardage, career-wise? All-time? Yeah. Is it K.J. Hill? It's K.J. Hill. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's K.J. fucking Hill. Yeah. K.J. Hill is leading Ohio State in receiving yards. Yeah. All-time. Like That's crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, that blows think, my fucking they, mind. They got a pretty good history of receivers there. I mean, <laughs> you think Chris Carter? Oh my god! And <laughs> like he's Michael the best. Thomas, he know, is the best. best when it comes to the yards. Granted, I believe he played one more season than most of these guys who talk right, about. Right, right, yeah. Dude, he's he's literally has the record at Ohio State. Yeah, that's pretty good. Like I said, this is an incredibly deep wide receiver class. So if you do not come away with one or two wide receivers in this class, you're doing yourself a disservice. And you don't have to draft two receivers, obviously. Yeah. But. I mean, my biggest concern with KJ Hill is he's tiny, right? But he's, he he's on, he six but, foot, like six foot on the dot, or is he 195. six one? Yeah. yeah, six foot, one hundred ninety-five. Six foot's fine, but he needs to put on, you know, close you know, to five, ten, six pounds. Ten pounds are probably ten pounds would be way more advantageous. And that's why, you, by the way, this is why you would draft Rugs over Hill is because yeah. Rugs is actually physical. He goes out. He, and pres- seeks. he presents a better body type at the next level. Yes, already. and he seeks yeah. contact. Like he goes out and he tries yeah. to find. Receivers and I hate people that are knocking Ruggs because of his, you know, only ability. Yeah, his yeah. his ability to go out and just grab, uh, you know, deep passes, be a burner because he's not he's not just that. That's right. what that was the role that he played because they had Jerry Judy exactly. to be the X receiver. Yeah. But he is not just a hey, go out and you know run as fast as you yeah, can. Yeah, because somebody comped him, I think, loves, to Tyree Kill at one point, and I was like, he's not Tyree Kill. He loves contact, yeah. and he's a physical motherfucker. So yes, Henry Ruggs is he is right. by far better away than KJ. But like you said, like when you're thinking like okay, you might say Henry Ruggs is an eight. KJ Hill, Hill is a six and a half. Six and a half, seven, exactly. Yeah. He's a six and a half, pushing seven, depending on this combine that he yeah, puts out. Yeah, if he outruns Ruggs, he's a seven. Yeah. 
So then we're just basically just telling you that almost every single round of this class, you are going to get an extremely, extremely talented wide receiver that's going to have a few faults. Which is why, <laughs> going back to what we talked about when we first started this podcast, you can wait. Yep. You can wait on drafting a wide receiver. Needs. Draft your fucking running backs. Get yep. your running backs now if you're in the top six picks. Get them. Yeah, three, three running backs are going off the board. Between you know, I would say probably four. in the first, you could say you could say four. Probably all all top four running backs are probably gonna be gone in the first. Oh, you're talking about draft overall picks. Overall draft picks in the, in the draft draft. Right. I'd probably say all four running backs are gonna go within the top two rounds. Yeah, I have more than that. I have I have more than that. Zach Moss going uh, late second. Yeah, and that depends too, because like you said, we. I have, I have cleared, no, I have, like, There's only I have, so like, many, like, elite running back guys that I would say. Skill positions are going to crush you this year. Yeah. All right. I can't wait. To, this combine is going to be crazy. This combine is going to be crazy. I can't wait. I'm fucking stuck. All right, so Ooh. on to the next one. Speaking of speed. Whew, speed kills. We've got Duvernay. Devin. Devin Duvernay. <laughs> 5'11", 202 pounds. Texas. Probably going third round. Maybe fourth. I like that guy. Depends on how he runs. But he is a speed monster, and I think he's running under 4-3. I think that he might be faster than K.J. Hill. Maybe. I think he might be faster than Ruggs. I don't think he's nearly as gifted as either one of those guys. Right, yeah. Uh, he's a little bit quicker, I think, than, than Hill. Yeah, but he doesn't have the hands that Hill doesn't has. always make you, the, obviously, the best or anything. But, you know, he, he's, got, he's got a really good, solid starting point. And if he can prove with, with speed and if he gets in the right spot, They'll mold him like Clay into a solid receiver in the NFL. He needs to beat out Hill with this burst. In order for me to feel, feel like he's draftable, like above KJ Hill, mm-hmm. he has to be able to get off the line quicker than Hill does. And that's going to have a lot to do with his burst, his, his vertical score, uh, his agility score, cones, etc. Yeah. I don't think he's up there. So I think that KJ Hill for me is above Duvernay. Yeah, I agree with that. Like I said, because. Plus, you have the Duvernay's production of Duvernay. Duvernay I mean, is you have the production of Texas Hill. receiver. Hill's one of the most productive receivers in college football history. Obviously, at one of the top universities in college football. I mean. All right, now we talked about this guy earlier. This guy, about to tell you part. Tell you what college football is all about. Yeah, I'm about to burn you. Burn it. Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> the speedster, right? He's a speedy Colorado. guy. We've been hitting on speed guys, you guys have not realized, by the way. <laughs> We're covering all speed because speed is key in this draft, whether it's running back or wide receiver. Speed is the yeah. thing to look at when it comes to skill position. Well, because you think, like, you look back at, like, someone like Nikhil Harry. Like, we, we talked about receiver class last year and how certain guys did not have that separation. Nikhil Harry was incredibly weak this year, getting off the line, getting separation. It was bad. So this year, I'm definitely looking at speed guys. Wait, wait. Did you just transition without tra- realizing your transition to this? You just completely transitioned into my point. This is awesome. I yeah. love you for this. Well, that's why we're, we mind-melded there. Okay, so, well, no, it's <laughs> the exact opposite. <laughs> All right, so, Brandon Ike, 6-0, known as a speedster, went to Arizona State, predicted to go as a second-round pick. I don't know why. Where did Nikhil Harry go to college? Did he go to Arizona State? He went to Arizona State. How many yards did he have in his junior season? Couldn't tell you. Over 1,000. I think it was 1,088. Do you know it was also in their junior season at the same time as Nikhil Harry? It was Brandon Ayuk. It was Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> Do you want to know how many yards he put up? 
Did he put up the exact same number? 472 yards. Oh, good. <laughs> he got completely dominated. Uh, he actually almost got beat out. He put up 25 more yards than a guy named Kyle Williams. Do you know who Kyle Williams is? Is Kyle Williams the guy that played for the 49ers at one point? I have no idea who he is. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the point he made. Oh, that's he, uh, he was nobody. And oh. he only had 25 more yards than Kyle Williams did. He did have one more touchdown than Kyle Williams did. But he also had less catches, less opportunity. Kyle Williams saw the field more often in Brandon Ayuk's junior year than what Brandon Ayuk did. Hmm. Meanwhile, Brandon Ayuk ended up playing with an advantageous system, better, you know, or easier conference. But then, but then he goes to the Senior Bowl and just completely bitches out. Doesn't even compete in the Senior Bowl. Yeah, he was unable to physically perform. So in other words, he needed some Viagra. And his agent said, no, don't take Viagra. Just don't compete in the Senior Bowl because you don't want to embarrass yourself. Completely different Kyle Williams, by the way. <laughs> No, but that was a, that was a funny little transition though, because Ayuk had eleven ninety two receiving yards this year, and Kyle Williams had four eighty two. So it was kind of the Nikhil Harry to Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, to, but you know. Kyle Williams is nobody. Kyle Williams is never going to go anywhere. He's never going to be anything. Kyle Williams is irrelevant. Well, not yet, now because you said that to him. Well, you I broke did. his fucking heart. No, just fucking he listens. Kyle Williams, go get a job working behind a desk. Wow. Maybe like tax liberty. You know, Liberty Tax, whatever it's called. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Yeah, just go get a job doing that. But no, his agent advised him not to compete in the Senior Bowl because he was afraid of not producing the Senior Bowl because he's not a producer. And he saw K.J. Hill dominating. He saw other players dominating. And he just didn't want to be a part of it. He bitched out. So Brandon Ike, for me, is a complete faller. And if he does not run a sub- Four three five forty, I think he's going to fall out of contention. I really do. Arizona State is not the strongest conference. I just don't see it happening for Brandon. I, yeah. I know that a lot of people are really high on him, but I think that's people that are just following other people on Twitter and sit so there talking about how they love this kid and how he's you know the hot new shit. And then they watch his highlight film and they see him outrunning players, but they don't they yeah. don't have it in the context. They don't see that that's a you know maybe a four string guy in the SEC. If that player went to go play in the SEC, he'd be a four-string right, quarterback. Yeah, exactly. So, for me, Brandon Ayuk is not an option, but he's an option for you. I I, I like him in certain, like I said, in certain extents. So if you like, if he goes to the right spot, it could be advantageous. I don't think he is a guy that fits in probably half the systems in the NFL. He's, yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna be successful there. But like. Again, he's probably a guy that could go to the Eagles and could have good good games. Um, I, a couple guys that you, I know you don't have on your list are Quintez Cephas out of Wisconsin and Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota. Well, Tyler Johnson's coming up. We're going to talk about I love about them. So big play guys I think that are completely underrated. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll bring that up in a second. Now, my last guy that I wanted to bring up in my guys I really wanted to bring up for wide receiver position – we're talking about Brian Edwards, and it's a huge disappointment because I brought him up. I was like, yo, Brian Edwards, man, you got to check this guy out pretty much. Yeah. Devin's like, I love that guy. And then he tells me the bad news. Go ahead. 
Yeah. Ruin um, it for ruin everybody else's fucking day. Ruin everybody else's fucking he day. He is slightly injured and will not be competing or uh, showcasing his abilities at the NFL Combine, which is disappointing. Which is disappointing because again, I am a South Carolina Gamecock fan. I have been a huge Brian Edwards fan his entire career. Um, and I was looking forward to his forty time. I wanted to he see. Believed he believed that he was on track five, to run a four four seven. Or, I think it was a four. Was it four four seven? He yeah, okay. because he's so big. I mean, this guy's six yeah. three, two hundred fifteen pounds. Humongo, and yeah. he plays like a Braylon Edwards with hands. I mean, this guy is one of my favorite oh, risers, yeah. and I thought that if he could beat a four four seven forty, he could end up being probably he could crack the top five for wide receiver scoring potentially if one of those guys fell out. Yeah, I. I I think I've mocked him mostly to like the Kansas City Chiefs, and I would I'd love to see him play. I mean, I I, I love Brian Edwards, and I'm so sad that I'm not going to see him compete. Yeah, he would be an excellent replacement for Sammy Watkins, actually. Yeah, that'd be an I, I excellent think replacement. He'd be a guy that like late that sec that late second round pick. I was he, thinking, I think he could sneak his way into the second round, but I have him as a third round right now, yeah. waiting to see what his forty was. But he's not going to have yeah. forty. I mean, that that's where you just think like <sighs> hopefully you know he'll be good to go by like a pro day. You can see him run at the pro day, see him do his drills and all that type of stuff. But, I mean, his tape speaks volumes. He's been a great player. And, again, he's another guy that's kind of been not extremely a victim to quarterback play because he's had consistent quarterback play at South Carolina. We had Jake Bentley for years and years. Um, And then he's transferring away this year. And then we had – because he was injured. So, Brian Edwards has had consistency. He's been a great player. Um, Like I said, hopefully we can see him test at a pro day. Whenever that comes up in like late March or whatever. Yeah, I hope that's the case. I really do. I love him. He might have actually pulled a Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> oh, my hamstring is a little sore. I can't run. No, I think, I think, what did I, did I I'm not saying down? hamstring. I'm just saying like, you no, know, yeah, here, but whatever I think, it was. I think it was like, uh, he had broken bones in his foot or something like that. Wait, Brian Edwards? Brian Edwards. How is he going to heal up. by, what'd you say? Come on. Like I, March? Like I said before, Julio Jones dominated his combine, like two, the 2009 combine or whatever. So you think he's Julio Jones? Broke, not not <laughs> I'm that. just kidding. I'm just fine. But, Ryan know. Edwards is one of my favorite guys in the draft. I think that he can end up putting a ton of pressure on some of these other guys to actually push them out of the top yeah. five or six receivers. So who could end up fucking up the most out of all these guys in the draft that are supposed to get picked early? We've got Tyler Johnson. Got Jalen Rager, we got Ceedee Lamb, oh, we got Jerry Judy. I don't think either one of those guys fuck it up. We got we got Henry Ruggs. Which guy can end up fucking up his stock the most? Like if he has a I terrible agility drill, terrible forty. Well, I feel like Rager Rager's obviously you know definitely a candidate for that because of his catch percentage we already talked about. But yeah. if somebody, let's just say. Well, I think he. If Let's he's just say already... T. Higgins Ooh, runs yeah. a four six two, four six five. Let's say T. Higgins yeah. runs a four six five. That could fuck him. How does Brian Edwards end up in the top five? Who has to fuck up? I mean, definitely Chenault. I mean, Higgins is well. I think I think Chenault out of Colorado. He's a lock. He he's too right, polished. He's too but polished. He like, doesn't play full season, so he's gotten injured. That's a big concern, right? Yeah, I mean, you think, like, obviously, injuries are going to be a big thing. And, like I said, none, none of these guys are 10 out of 10 can't-miss guys. None of these guys are Julio Jones or whatever. Sorry, I just stopped. I didn't even stop you. I just, like, stopped myself. You, I just you, you were conducting an orchestra for a moment. I was con- I was doing it with my fingers. I was like, yeah, conducting an orchestra, <laughs> like I said. Um, what if they're not doing the combine? 
so they don't have to go to the medical reports for Brian Edwards. Well, I mean, they've already disclosed he has a broken foot or whatever. Yeah, but what if they so feel like it could be a serious, more serious than what they think it is? Because the That's pro day possible. doesn't do the medical reports, do they? No, I don't think pro day does. Yeah, so that could end up being <laughs> holy shit. Yeah, I mean, there's there's always the possibility. You know, obviously you have to finesse certain things because you obviously don't want to. Yeah, what if his foot injury is actually more serious than what we expected and all of a sudden it just popped up? And maybe he's been dealing with it for a lot longer, just like Julio Jones was. And Julio Jones had such a terrible, terrible injury history throughout his whole entire career up Mm -hmm. until this past few years, right? Yeah, I mean, he he was like one of those guys that he he missed a few games. Played 14 games a season instead of 16. You know, missed games because of his foot over and over Mm -hmm. again, right? Am I I incorrect? No, I don't think he played... A full season in like his first three years with the Falcons or whatever it was. Just check it. <laughs> Just blew your mind. Could verify that, but that is a toilet paper roll, by the way. <laughs> but like I said, you, when you look at the receivers, like I said, none of them are ten out of tens. You know, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Lavisca Chenault. I think Lavisca Chenault will be probably the best day one receiver out of those guys. Really, you think he's yeah. gonna be better than CD Lamb? I, I, it's like I said, I have a weird connection. I like with, with Bills. I like. I have a weird connection with certain schools and certain positions that the schools produce. So Oklahoma receivers, they scare me. T Higgins is the guy that I think he is. He probably has the easiest shot to fuck himself out of the top five receivers. Yeah, he has the biggest he's, chance to rise. He's the chance to fall. right. He's the biggest boomer bust guy out of those. Jalen Rager's another one. Just because I think that he doesn't—he didn't really come from a college market that really screamed like, "Hey, come look at me! I play in the SEC or whatever." Do you know how many rap videos he has now because of the, the people that compile these videos, these grinders that go out there on YouTube? Oh, really? Like these highlight films, God, dude. It's oh like yeah, oh, yeah. You, people like highlight heaven. They have Watch, one owner's going to fall in love with this. Somebody like Dan Snyder is going to be like, "You have to draft this guy." Yeah. Well, I, I we don't want Chase see, Young. I, we I want Jalen Rager. Rager. I see Rager going to the, the Packers. I think is the big spot that I've seen him mock Oof. to. And I, I mean, obviously, you see the teams that need a receiver. You know, Bills need another guy. The Eagles definitely need a few people. They need like they an need entire, entire. They need an entire receiving core. I was thinking of like KJ Hill in the third round if he falls that far. Yeah. Broncos are another team. Ooh, that's sexy. I still like the Broncos taking rugs in the first round. Yeah, I like Chenault could go Colts. You know, Chenault could go Broncos. I mean, you think like if I had the Colts in, need some help. I man. need the draft list in front of me because like I'm every time I do a mock draft, I'm looking for offensive tackles to go to the Vikings or cornerbacks. And then you're thinking like you're seeing all these receivers that come off the board because there's only like five offensive tackles that are like. First round draft, yeah, you know, or whatever. So this is the year to do it. This is the year this to draft year offensive to tackle one. because everybody's going to be going skill positions, yeah. and it's dropping these offensive tackles yeah. off the fucking as soon roof. As, Bur- as soon as Burrow's off the board, then you're going Chase Young at you know Washington, and then after Chase Young, you're probably going Jeff Okuda to the the freaking Lions, and then Dude, one of those offensive tackles comes off to the board. You ever seen like those like you know those those Acme like cartoon ink or a uh, uh, metal Blocks or whatever, like the things the blacksmiths use. Yeah, yeah. What do they call it? Anvils. 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 Yeah. There's acne anvils. And they're tied to like balloons or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what's happened to offensive tackles. There's five offensive tackles, and they're all balloons, and they're all attached to these anvils from acne. And then you have Coyote, it's, Wiley Coyote. Wiley Coyote, yeah. 
Wiley e. Coyote just dropping this anvil off the roof and expecting it to float or something. And just, <laughs> just hits the ground. That's the offensive tackles. I'm ex- and they should I'm be way higher them. up. I'm excited to see some of these guys test, like Makai Becton out of Louisville. Dude's pushing like 400 pounds. They're saying he's going to oh, run. Yeah, yeah, he's going to run like he's going to run like a sub. He's going to set records. <laughs> he's, they said he's going to run like a sub four nine or some shit. That's going to be insane. I don't believe it. That's what they said. It's going to be under five, between like four nine and five. He's going to be one of the best, like most physical freaks ever. And I why mean, is think, he not talked about right now? Because well, the skill positions. Because these skill positions are nuts. So real quick, before we get too <laughs> off track, before we get too off track, because I know that's the route that we're going right now. We have to. We have to talk about offensive line. God, it's fantasy football. <laughs> and I love offensive line, by the way. I base my running back uh, rankings off of offensive line, yeah. not off, based off of – I don't base it off it's of the, most the running back talent. Group of all. It is, but I don't want to talk about it when it comes to rookie drafts. <laughs> not until we figure out where they go, because I don't want to talk about their combines or anything on this. Yeah. People are going to lose their fucking minds. Uh, anyways, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the biggest loser for this combine. And I want you to go through the list real quick while I'm doing that to pick up your potentially biggest loser from the combine. Mine is going to be Tyler Johnson. And it's not because he's a bad receiver. Fuck you. He's not a bad receiver. He's I think not. he's a very good receiver. He's the best receiver. He's not the best receiver. He's going to be the best receiver. He could end up being Jordan Matthews, essentially. And before no. I comped him to... And the reason why he likes him so much is because I comped him to Adam Thielen. Well, also, who would test I better. watched him play Auburn. And he dominated in that game. And he dominated all year when the Golden Gophers had a phenomenal season. That's great. And Congratulations. he's, uh, he's going to be a guy that stays in Minnesota and goes play for the Vikings. That's what I said. I, I predicted that to happen. And I don't think he's going to be a bad receiver whatsoever. But when it comes to dynasty rookie drafts, do I actually want to pick up Tyler Johnson, who is probably going to run a 4-6. He's probably going to be higher up in the agility drills. He's not going to have a great catch radius. He doesn't have a great college dominated rating. But he's a good overall receiver. I think he's going to be much more valuable as an actual football player than he's going to be a dynasty asset. And dynasty assets are people that you're drafting. You don't want to draft a guy that's going to play two games throughout an entire fantasy football season. You want to draft guys who can play five or six games unless you just have insane depth. So if you have insane depth and you need some security piece, great. Draft Tyler Johnson in the second round. But if not, just go ahead. Go ahead and let somebody else waste a draft pick on a guy that is going to be a log jam at your wide receiver position. Don't draft in a dynasty league Tyler Johnson. You're going to waste your money. He would have to end up in the perfect situation that needs some bigger slot guy to sit there and run it where they don't have any other receiver talent. The only place that I see that happening is Buffalo Bills, but they already have Cole Beasley, so you're going to have a year or two before he actually develops into that guy. For you, wide receiver-wise... Because we haven't covered running backs yet. Wide receiver wise, who is your bust? Who could completely bomb? Who could bomb if they do poorly at the combine? Who could completely fall off? What if somebody's dick fell out of their shorts? Well, that, that was pretty good for Chris Jones. So he's a Super Bowl champion. So there's that. I don't know. I think Colin Johnson out of Texas could. He could fall flat on his face. Yeah, but Colin Johnson's already expected to go in the fifth or sixth round. Yeah. But. So fifth or sixth to undrafted isn't that big. Anybody. Somebody has to fail. I mean, outside of like T. Higgins, I. I so T. Higgins, we already talked about having the yeah. most lose. What about if KJ Hill isn't as fast as everybody thinks that he is, right? Maybe Devin Duvernay. What about Devin Duvernay? 
guy's tiny. What if he doesn't? What if, looks faster, what if he looks faster because he's playing good. against worse competition? I mean, Devin and Chase can't fail. So be ballsy, man. Grow some balls and take a hot take, like I, I did with I, Brandon Ayuk. I, I love I love Jawan Jennings, so there's no way that's going to happen. You know what? It might have to be Michael Pittman. You you like Michael Pittman? I don't like him. I think he's going to fall flat on his face. All right. So what would he have to run? What would he have to run in the forty time for you to like him? Because chances are he's going to run a four six. So what is he? He's a six four two hundred twenty pounds. Six four two thirty or two thirty. I'm sorry. Six okay. four two thirty. What would he have to run in order for you to to like Michael Pittman? Because I'm assuming he's going to run. I think he actually run a four six five. But let's just say he runs a four six. What if he runs a four five five? If he runs a four five five, you got to love him, right? Well, see, forty time speeds don't always do that for me. Unless oh, it doesn't lo- get you up. Unless I'm specifically looking for that out of that guy, where it's like, look, I know he can catch, I know he can separate, but does he have this type of speed? Like you know, like people have that spatial awareness where they're able to kind of yeah. move a little bit, and you're like, okay, cool, he's shifty, he's able to make certain plays, but does he have yeah, that? Yeah, that was Donovan. You know, yeah. that's, you know, obviously uh, DPJ, you know, where you, that's what you love about him. That's yep. his game. He's just it, uh, football intelligence. Yeah. That's, that's probably the most important thing is that intelligence level, that football IQ. Michael Pittman, if he, could, if he runs a 4.55 five, five to a 4.65, somewhere in that range. If he runs a 4.55, five, five, he's faster than Richard Sherman. I'll be intrigued. But if he runs anything slower than a 4.6, you're probably out. Yeah, I mean, like, four six five is my low. Like, if that's... Yeah, then it becomes Benny Snails. <laughs> or Hakeem Butler. Right. <laughs> oh, my God, Hakeem Butler. My goodness. But, dude, Hakeem Butler's by low now. You realize that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, he dude, has fourth-round draft capital. Yeah. They have to play him at some point. Oh, yeah. He's a go-up-and-getter guy. People were drafting the second round. I was like, fuck that. Andy they were drafting Isabella. the first round. I was like, what are you doing in the first round of Dynasty Rookie Draft drafting Hakeem Butler? He was a fourth-round draft pick. Andy Isabella isn't even seen the field. And Andy Isabella is the premium guy for that position. What no. the fuck are you doing drafting Hakeem Butler? But now, but now everybody's just going to drop him. If he's dropped in a Dynasty League, I feel like I have to pick him up. Him. Might as well. He still has draft capital. Fourth round is not terrible. Not you still have all. to play him a few plays to see what he ends up as, and he spent the whole year on IR. I'm not trading for him. I'm not trading for him. All right, we're I bouncing on to running back now. I wouldn't trade him. Bounce on a running back. We're going to start out with these ground and pounders. These ground and pound guys, they're Jordan Howard, right? Mm-hmm. We got guys like Josh Kelly on here, Keyshawn Vaughn to an extent, Michael P. Ryan, Zach Moss, J. Dillon. These guys are all intriguing. But Joshua Kelly's 5'11, 219, went to UCLA. I see him as like a fifth round pick. Uh, you could go to a team that just needs that ground and pound guy that go get it. Maybe like the Chargers. That could be an interesting that could you know, be spot, spot, right? Yeah, First and second round back. I actually like it. Because we already know Justin Jackson's not that guy. He's the same guy that Austin Eckler's. They're the same height, same weight, same catch radius, same agility. Like they're almost identical, right. but Austin Eckler's older and a lot smarter than Justin Jackson is. And he had great production last year. Great so. production. Phenomenal. Top, what, 10 running back, maybe top five. Yeah, he was solid. And PPR, at least. We thought that he was going to drop off at some point. Never really did. So, But this draft, this draft is all about shifty players, speedy players like we talked about, right? Mm-hmm. There's not too many, you know, big-time backs in this, in this draft. We just named them all off. Joshua Kelly, at a fifth-round pick, 
could end up doing some wonderful things for some teams that need it. And I'm not saying that he's a top-end option, but what? What if he runs in the, below the four fives? Yeah, I mean, like, he's he has basically a huge mountain to climb for me. Like I told you in our little pre-show before we started recording, UCLA running backs that aren't named Maurice Jones-Drew scare me. I, you'd be hard-pressed. If any of you listening right now, or whenever this drops, can tell me another UCLA running back that was successful in the league after Maurice Jones-Drew, I'll give you... Paul Perkins! <laughs> I'm just Paul, they, they don't exist. Yeah. Paul we Perkins. It up, guys. He was, spoiler alert. We <laughs> he, was the only up, dra- he was the only like, drafted UCLA running back, but he has not been shit in the league. So he has to run probably a solid... like. Four, four five five. Four five five. I'm look. You got it. We have to have a base where it's just like, look. You have to. You have to wow me. I'm gonna need speed out of you. Four five five. Good. And you think, like I said, Chargers. I think that's probably the perfect fit. If he could stay West Coast, that would be perfect, right? Like if he could stay that would West be perfect, Coast, right? that's perfect. And could fit that mold where it's just like, hey, we already have Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. They're basically the same person. You fill this role, and you might actually get some playing time. So. If he, if he can do a few things at the Combine really impress me, then maybe he could change my uh, narrative for UCLA running backs. Is he Rob Kelly's sibling from the Redskins? Because they pretty much play the same exact be. role. I think, I no, think, I think, I think like that Kelly K-E-L-L-E-Y, has... K-E-L-L-E-Y? Yeah, I think that Kelly actually has two E's. Uh, I don't think that Joshua Kelly does. But... But this is the same Le- exact Michael person, Pirine right? Is related to Samaje Pirine. Oh, go on! Look at that. <laughs> and Zach Moss is <laughs> that transition was so epic. And Zach Moss is related to no. I'm just kidding. No, but <laughs> one of the next guys we got to talk about is Samaje Pirine's brother. We believe it's Lamichael Pirine. He's five eleven, two hundred eleven pounds. Should be a third round pick. He's coming out of Florida. If he ends up showing some speed and some burst, I think he'd end up as a second-round pick for somebody like the Chargers, like we talked about. Yeah. Maybe even the Falcons. If the Falcons want to invest in some other spots with their first-round pick outside of running back, which I don't think they should, but if they do, if Caleb on Chasen ends up going to the Falcons with like the first pick to get a pass rusher, right? maybe they don't want to take a second-round pick. Maybe they want to invest in the cornerback position, something like that. Right. But the third-round pick, if P. Ryan falls to that point, he could actually be the guy that fills in. See, that much different than, like, Quadra Olison. And they're going to move on from Devontae Freeman if they haven't yeah. already. I mean, Yeah, I'm pretty sure Freeman's out, out in ATL. So, yeah, I mean, he's another guy. I mean, I, I really like Cam Akers to that spot, though. I love Cam Akers I think to that spot. You take, But I think he's going to be gone by then in the third round. Oh, well, yeah, I, I like him to the Falcons, I mean, not in third round. Well, that's what I'm saying. If they invest but, in other yeah. positions, I could see P. Ryan being that option. Yeah. But I, I like the you move one Florida State product out, you bring in another Florida State guy. That's how it is. It's just how it is. I mean, you, you fill, the, fill the role that you need. Hey, it's almost like a hometown. Like, it's almost like a hometown Basically. guy. Basically. Which is one of my favorite guys in this running back class is going to be Keyshawn Vaughn, who's 205, 205 pounds. He's out of Vanderbilt. Andy. And I think he should be a third-round pick as well. I mean, I think he shouldn't have put the Falcons if he's not gone by them. But his workout, his 40-yard and his agility yeah. drills, they should move him in the second round. Yeah, he's going to test well. It's There's something strange about Vanderbilt, guys. Like, when you think of the SEC, obviously, you're thinking more about, like, the Alabamas, the Auburns, the LSUs, the big schools. 
Then you go, and they're all on the west side of the SEC. The east side has the, the Gamecocks in Kentucky and Vanderbilt, where it's like Vanderbilt is Jordan basically. Matthews. But, but Vanderbilt is the, we're not mainly here for football. We're here for actual academics. They're the academic school out of all of the SEC schools. So you're saying this guy's probably pretty smart. So these, or these guys are in, extremely intelligent, and they go late in the draft, but they, they produce well. We think, like, for us, we have a guy named Stephen Weatherly. He's a defensive end. He plays in a rotational role. He's dominant, but his football intelligent. Through the roof. Through the roof. Uh, Kari Blassingame was a fullback that we signed in the off and during the uh, the post after the draft or whatever for yeah, the guy free, that was really high agents. And I loved him. He had a great preseason. Ended up going to the Titans. And played extremely well for the Titans, you know, <laughs> opening holes for Derrick Henry, who had a monster season, obviously, as the uh, leading rusher. I, Keyshawn Vaughn, he's another guy. Kalijah Lipscomb is, oh, he was in Missouri, not Vanderbilt, but like saying, these Vanderbilt guys, they test well, they, they pl- play well. It's usually their college production that scares people. But Keyshawn Vaughn is a player. Yeah, baller. I mean, he has all the talent in the world. We need to see that. We have to see that with every. Yeah single test that he puts out. We have to see that he's able to produce in the high-end level. Yeah, I think so. I like him. But if he does, he could be a monster, and he could be one of the highest risers, and he could end up being a first-round pick in Dynasty, and I love that. On to Zach Moss. 5'10", 222 pounds out of Utah. This guy fought. This guy fought for every fucking yard. Yeah. And he's a grinder. I, I refer to him as Royce Freeman's little brother. I think yep. he has a little more burst than Royce Freeman had. This is our nepotism round. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I see Zach Moss fit in multiple different spots, but does yeah. he get into a fantasy relevant position? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say. I mean, that depends. I mean, obviously, I'm not a big. I haven't really done dynasty, so I don't think. I mean, I don't know how often you think ahead. Like, how far ahead do you think when you're thinking about taking a running back like Zach Moss? So you're like, okay, if, if he goes. Probably fourth round or so, third, fourth round. I think he's thinking of the second, easily. I mean, it, it depends on, like I said, I think it, he'll, he could rise definitely if he tests well. If I think if he stays put right where he's at right now, I think he's a third round. I have third riser to second. Fourth round or whatever. Like if just, just because other skill positions and other needs could push him down just because of whatever. But if he goes to somebody like the Broncos or the Falcons, do you think that he really f- can go into that job and take it right away, or is he going to be the guy that's kind of buried for a minute? No, I mean, like I said, I think he's the little brother of Royce Freeman. So if he goes to Royce Freeman's team, he's going to be the little brother, which there's no way the Broncos draft him, in my opinion. I just I can't see that happening. It's not going to make any sense to me. But with Zach Moss, uh, if he goes into a position with maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that could be interesting. A position where he could take over Marlon Mack's job if they don't feel like re-signing him because he's too injury-prone at Indianapolis, but he's still like the primary back. Yeah. Take a year off. I'm well, still have, drafting him. They have him. Naheem Hines, too. But Naheem Hines is pass-catching back. He's a different style back. Who's, don't they have the other guy, Jordan, Jordan Wilkins. Wilkins? Is Wilkins more like Hines, or is he... No, yeah. he's more like, like uh, Marlon Mack, but he's not a starting caliber running back. Oh, okay. So I could see them, like Indianapolis yeah. Colts, spending like a third or fourth round pick on a guy like that to make sure they have insurance from Marlon Mack, who has not played, I don't think, a healthy full season yet. No. As a you know commanding starter. 
So, with that being said, I really like him going to the Indianapolis Colts, where I would still draft him, but I would have to wait a year to see any kind of production out of him. Yeah. Now, the most interesting guy, when it comes to ground and pound guys, is a guy that I'm not a big fan of, but everybody else is. So, tell me your thoughts on A.J. Dillon. He is six foot, 250 fucking pounds, 250 pounds. He's going to surprise a bunch of people, supposedly, with his agility. Mm -hmm. He's very shifty in the pocket, but... Give me your feet on him because he is coming out of Boston College. Tell me what you're thinking with him. Yeah, another school scares me with running backs. I mean, yeah, Matt Ryan was nothing like him. No, my back. God, Matt Ryan was the worst <laughs> running back in college, cost, college college, <laughs> Boston College history. God, I'm like the Liberty Biberty guy. Golly. <laughs> Matt Ryan is the worst running back in Boston College history. Yeah, he was. Really Got bad. it. <laughs> Put the other shit in fucking post or whatever no but boston college is another school that kind of scares me when it comes to running backs andre williams comes to mind was the guy that was a heisman finalist won the rushing ish title if they they don't really call it the rushing title in college but i'm pretty sure he's the doke walker best running back in the country that year was drafted by the giants it was just one of those things where it's like he looked like a sure thing just because he was like that bowling ball running downhill had all the fucking tools, and then he just fell flat on his face. And but then they drafted Saquon a couple years later. Two fifty is like that all stop like status guy, right? Like, yeah. I don't. I, I mean, I like AJ Dillon. He really jumps off the, the tape. Like, if you watched any Boston College football, he played really well. So I want him to test well. I want him to do well, and I want him to kind of break that. I mean, I can't really call it a trend because I can't only name Andre Williams right now. I can't think of any other Boston College running back that's really, like, hurt me in my analysis of a player. But A.J. Dillon tests well. I like him a lot. A.J. Dillon, for me, that's just scary. Like, being 250 pounds, being six foot, he's going to have to test extremely well. Yeah. Like, that's Jerome Bettis' size. That's big. I mean, like I said, it, it's, it's weird. Where, like, you have the guys that are, like, the 190s or the 185s, and you're like, I want to see you at, you know... 205, 210. He's going to lose a little bit of weight. I need, yeah, I need you to drop weight. I need you back down at 235, 230. There's no way he's going to lose 15 pounds, though. That's his it running depends. style. Well, and like, is he, he out of shape, or is he actually like just built? I think he's, just, he's, he's, he's built like that. He's not like an Eddie Lacy where he, he balloons up or whatever. He's a guy that's built at a certain level. Because what's Derrick Henry's weight? Isn't he like a 230? Like 230? Yeah, so... It's just like, but think, like Henry's he's a also six foot freak. six. That's he's a whole a, different. He's animal. a freak. He's basically he's a Brandon defensive Jacobs. end. He's a he's right. a bigger version of Brandon he's Jacobs. A, he's basically Jadavian Clowney running the football at this point. That's yeah, what that's it's like. dude. It looks like the same guy actually. That's a great comp. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, he could have played. <laughs> All right, so off of that, I mean, I'm not drafting him. I'm going to stay away from him when it comes to rookie drafts. Yeah. I just don't trust his profile. Right. You yeah. Know, when he you're could end up being the replacement fantasy. for Derrick Henry. Speaking of, but. I, I just don't love it. Like I'm, I'm, I don't like overweight guys. I want my guys catching passes. I yeah. want my guys nimble in the backfield. I want big play potential. Yeah. Unless he runs, he has to run like a sub four six easy, like easy easy. Yeah, me, I, I want a Dalvin. I want to find a Dalvin Cook, but without the injury. That's what I'm looking for in, a, in the running back class. There are multiple guys like that. Yeah, I mean, you got you know someone who can catch out of the backfield, who's extremely efficient at catching the ball, who has the shiftiness, has the speed. I mean. Something like Darrington Evans. No, I'm just kidding. Because he is way undersized. Darrington but, Evans is more your Tariq Cohen of this draft. Yeah, you know. But if 100%. he could if he, he could test really well, I mean, 
Because I, I think Jarek McKinnon still holds the bench press record. And I think... Really? Yeah, Jet McKinnon. He owns the bench press record? <laughs> I'm pretty what? sure he still owns the bench press record That's for, insane. The, for the uh, combine. Well, you look that up because he's looking up his fan. We're going to go ahead and bounce over to those more mobile guys. Oh, before I do, I just want to let everybody know, A.J. Dillon also touched the ball 900 times in three years in college and barely caught a pass. Like, he had very few pass catches out of the backfield. Right. He ran the ball 900 times, over 900 times in college. That is insane. On to the next part, though, we're going to talk about some of these guys that, you know, their 40 times are huge and their agility drills are huge because of lack of size. And we're going to start out with the first two guys. Javon Leak, is that you say it? And McFarlane out of Maryland. Anthony McFarlane? Anthony McFarlane yeah. and Javon Leak. Lake, Leak, 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 Javon Lake and Anthony McFarland, that's how you say the name mm-hmm. of Javon. They're out of Maryland. Javon is six foot, 206. He's projected going right around the fourth round. And McFarland is 5'9", 198. So obviously we're talking about a significant change in weight. And I feel like Javon actually has significant upside. Have you watched these guys at all? Anthony McFarland, yes. I am a huge fan. I, I like to watch some Maryland games because... Since they moved from the ACC to the Big Ten, they end up playing my parents' team. So my my mom's Ohio State and my dad's Michigan. So I watch a lot of a lot of those games. Um, and McFarland is a guy that I would love to see. You know, go. He's going to go a little bit later in the draft, so he's probably out of the rookie drafts for Dynasty, <laughs> right? Oh my God! How many picks are normally in a Dynasty draft for uh, rookies? Three rounds, depending on how many leagues you play in. But three rounds, twelve teams. So 36. 36. So he's probably not a guy that you... He'd, he'd be tailing if you do. If you do, just because he'd, he'd be a guy you could take a chance on if you liked him. Yeah. Test well or something like that. Yeah, maybe yeah. if he ends up at Kansas City. Just, <laughs> just blew Devin's mind. And, I saw it. And I, I am correct. Jarek McKinnon does currently hold the bench press record with 32 reps on the bench. All right, can we talk about things that are relevant now? Well, I'm just saying. I'm pretty sure he was like, <laughs> I miss him. I love you, Jet. Oh, my God. He's the most injury-prone running back in the NFL. That's true. I, mean, he, I don't think he was, like, he was like never injured with the Vikings, and then he left to go to the 49ers, and he's been injured the past two seasons. Pretty much the same injury. Yeah. All right, on to it. Love you. Go. Go for what? You just didn't finish any thought about Anthony McFarland. I'm rolling out this red carpet for you, and you're a bombing. I said, I said Anthony McFarland, I like him. And then we said that, you know, he could be a, a end of the draft, take a shot on. I could see him going in the real draft, like in the sixth round. I, I like him a lot. I think he plays well. I didn't really watch the Javon Leak. 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 Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see him much. But Anthony McFarland. Definitely a guy that was mentioned a lot when you turn on the uh, Big Ten channel there, the, or the Big Ten network, excuse me. These guys. We're going to go on to Darrington Evans, who is one of the most interesting guys of the entire draft. I like him a lot. He catches a lot of passes. He's a little bit undersized. He's not nearly as undersized as some of these other guys we're going to bring up here shortly. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's weighing at 5'11", 200 pounds as of right now, but Appalachian State, he's been crushing it. Absolutely been crushing it. And on top of that, he can catch passes. He can win at the RB combine. Like, completely oh, outperform yeah. everybody. 
And he could increase his draft stock more than anybody else. All these small school running backs, it's tough to actually earn opportunities, you know, to compete. But he's shown that he can be at that level. Along with him having a strong combine, could he end up with somebody like the Saints being the new Alvin Kamara of the Alvin Kamara Saints? Hmm. If Saints... I, I like him to the Eagles or the Saints. I feel like... But uh, he could be the new Darren Sproles, just a little bit taller. And less thick. He's not as thick. De- no one no one is as thick. <laughs> I mean, him and MJD had some C's on them, man. That's a lot of thickness going on there. But Darrington Evans, I like him. I really think that he can do a lot of uh, climbing up the board this weekend if he tests extremely well. I think he'll test off the charts. I, I do too. However, I think landing spot is going to dominate where I rank him. Yeah, like I said, I, I like the Saints. I think that's a good spot. But that would use mean that, that... Use Camara as the bell cow. Switch the roles. Switch the roles up, bro. It, dude, Alvin I mean, Kamara... It's possible. I, I mean, Alvin Kamara, I think he fits his role extremely well in New Orleans. Is he, he going to be the Darwin Thompson of 2020? Ooh. Boom! That's another one that's potential. See, like I said, Boom. Kamara wasn't a guy I liked in college. I didn't, I didn't like watching him. Because he was one of those guys that wasn't good enough to play at Alabama because they bring in a five-star guy. You know, one or two five-star guys every single year. Ended up having to go to Tennessee. Played okay at Tennessee. Never blew you away. But then he comes into the Saints, and then obviously match him up with an offensive genius like Sean Payton. Everything goes great. You know he's gonna uh, who he's going to end up with, right? Who's that? Patriots. He's going to end Darrington. Darrington, 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 yeah. Darrington is going to end up with the Patriots. He's going to be the next Patriots rookie they pick up to screw everything up for everybody else. Yeah, he could. James be. White's going to be a free agent here very shortly. Yeah, for the next couple of years. And that's another thing to look at. You guys, like who who's on the way out? Because a lot of these running backs, not a lot of running backs, get second contracts with the same team. And if they no, because they're know. too expensive. But the CBA is going to change that. Yeah, because whenever they're going to be making a crap ton more money when that CBA rolls out in twenty twenty one. But I I love Darrington Evans. I think that he is going to be probably the biggest riser out of these smaller guys. Speaking of small risers, I mean, what? big time small ri- I mean, uh-huh. um, <laughs> uh, purple pill. I mean, wait, what? what? Uh, what? Sorry, uh, Clyde it's Edwards. A blue pill, I think. I know. Um, Clyde Edwards. Purple haze by Bang. Not Lair. a sponsor. C E H. We'll just call him Seh. Share. Hey, Che. Or Share. We can call him Share. Five eight, two hundred five pounds. And Joe Burrow turned this guy into a superstar, in my opinion. Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow loves him. He says that he's the most athletic. He was the most athletic player on that team. On Radio Row, and that's bullshit. Chase had to be the most athletic player on that team. There's not a Chase on that team. I'm just kidding. Jamar Chase is amazing, but he's not draft eligible. I know, but he's definitely the most most athletic. However, he has a chance to pull up the combine. He definitely does, no doubt. Yeah, I, I, I like I like Edward Solaire. I think that he offers a lot. And LSU running backs, I'm a fan. I just worry about injury with a lot of those guys for some for whatever reason. Those guys seem injury prone. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Darius Geis and Leonard Fournette were not injury prone. Not at all. Like uh, Darius Geis played every game this season. That yes. was crazy. I mean, well, Leonard Fournette did, so I can't even say <laughs> that. <laughs> you know who would be interesting, right? New Orleans Saints. You know, turning him into the next Alvin Kamara. They don't even <laughs> look anything alike. He'd be the next Mark Ingram, if anything. But well, no, at five eight, 
you have to think well, that. Well, no, he's not very tall. But yeah, yeah. no, it's, it'll be more interesting. That, com- that compact body style. But you're right, you're right. Because they still have Latavius Murray, right? He's still, I think he's still on the team for another year. I've heard of him. You've heard of Latavius Murray? Yeah, I've heard okay. of him. So you think Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara, I don't remember when, how many years he signed for and all that stuff. I think it was two years. So yeah. he still has another year left, if I remember correctly. So you think, like, okay, we'll bring in another guy, and you want somebody that you want to eventually pair up with Kamara going long term. Because uh, Latavius will probably be gone. He'll move on to his fifth team or whatever it is. That's where you think Clyde's Edwards, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could go? Yeah, I think that Alvin um, Kamara's going to end up bulking up. I think he's going to try and be a bell back to earn the bigger contract because third-down backs don't earn money. So in order to do that, he has to be able to bulk up. He's yeah. coming up on his, uh, his veteran contract or whatever. His rookie contract's about to end. So he's yeah. going to have to add weight. He's going to have to become a primary back or a bell back. That's how they earn money. That's how Ezekiel Elliott did it. That's how Todd Gurley did it. Wow. Meanwhile, they're going to have to add a third-down back. They had offensive lines that were built for running. They, I mean, the Saints have a really good offensive line. They have book and tackles and all that good stuff. But I, I don't know how that. I mean, I, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see him try to pack on that. You know, pack on yeah, a little it, bit of weight. It really just depends on the combine. I mean, if he's as fast as he looked and as quick as he looked, then he'd be worth an early pick. Yeah, plus, just I think don't it would know be if nice. I want him in the I first like, round. I think it would be nice to kind of see one of those LSU guys stay home. And play for the Saints. Oh, yeah. That'd yeah, be nice to see that'd that. Be cool. That'd be fun. That would be a cool thing. All right. So hopping on to our last guy that we want to bring up. And it's going to be a little bit at the opposite of the spectrum. Where he might actually destroy his draft capital. Instead of improve it when it comes to going to the combine. And that's Eno Benjamin. Mm. Eno Benjamin. 5'9", 195 pounds. Another Arizona State guy. Arizona State, and he dominated. He was really successful he at was, everything he did all the yeah. way across the board. And most likely, he's going to be a third or fourth round pick. Most likely fourth, but I could see him be a third. He doesn't have a size. And like I said, if he doesn't test well, he's kind of screwed. Yeah, I think at this point, it's like I'm sold on him just based on college production. Everything he did there, I liked what he did. He was great. The Combine... Could be that whole make or break. Like he could completely fuck himself out of being drafted. Yeah, in completely. A, he, he might be one of those guys like, and Mr. Irrelevant is Eno Benjamin to the fucking. Patriots I don't know if he falls that far, but it's pretty bad. Like he, <laughs> but like he, he, he could, could end up in the fifth round. Yeah, you could very fall easily, extremely far, and then you just you're only getting drafted based on they think they're getting a great value because you fell or something like that. You know who would end up perfect with in the fifth round though? The Saints. <laughs> Did you become a Saints fan while I was away? What the fuck is going no, on? No, I just thought of it as we were talking about. It. I'm like, let me just yeah. let me just affiliate every pass catching running back with the Saints. Every running sense. back goes there, yeah. But I mean, honestly, it's not going to work out. They're going to need some sort of pound it back. Kamara, I, I really don't think that Clyde Edwards or any one of those guys actually, you know, fit with that position. So we got to see what happens. Anyways, guys, that's going to wrap it up. We're beat. We just did literally an hour and forty five minute recording along with an hour worth of studying, plus my extra four hours worth of studying prior to this episode, I'm beat. We're on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Fantasy Intervention. Sign up, join our $2 league. You want to listen to us on any other platform. We're available on... Everything. Just wherever you listen to things. <laughs> Google we're there. Play, Apple, Google iTunes, Play, Stitcher. Apple, iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, do we have any friends Castbox. nearby? CastBox is another thing. Those are nice guys, too. Of course, we have... Fantasy football discussion. 
Huge shout out to you guys. Thank you all for listening, and thank you for letting us intervene with your fantasy football life. Peace out, addicts. Peace out, addicts. That's how you bang a podcast. Thank you guys hey, for all you other posers us. that like to try and follow everything that we do when it comes to our, I don't know, podcast, for example. You know, you guys see what we do and then you guys duplicate it. Keep doing it because it's very flattering. I'm glad that we're one step ahead of all of you people. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah. Keep copying us. Keep copying we know. Us. We hear it from our regulars. Hey, guess what this fucking douchebag did? And we're like, no, it's cool because we're just better than they are. We're ahead of the curve. And we're not talking about my dick. <laughs> Anyways, guys. Um, do we have any friends locally that are still doing anything for us? Um, yes. Backdoor Sluts 9. Huge shout out to Black Backdoor Sluts 9. Um, they're doing a bunch of stuff for us. Backdoor Sluts 9. Anyways. Or. <laughs> any, that's a joke from South Park. Yeah, any neighbors to like uh, one of our favorite local bars, Mesh Mesh Mesh? Yeah. No, and then you're going to get this video that we just did. Um, yeah, you have no idea how much we fucked up. But if you want to find out, if you want to search your own podcast, because you will realize how easy it is to fuck up like we do and how easy it is to still edit it and produce it. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's times where Bentley, he just comes in here and he just starts yelling at Chase. Oh, yeah. Because Chase will say something stupid like Tyler Johnson's not going to be a good receiver or some shit. And then Chase, and then Bentley gets real well, mad. He gets mad at you about talking Brandon Ayuk being a top overall pick, a top six option at wide receiver. He could be. We're going to fight. But he might not be. Most likely won't be. But it could be. You so, also get to see me like know. hunching over like this the entire yeah. episode, my back killing me. Yeah, That's spine the bifida. And maybe a bold spot or two, which I don't really have any, but nah. if I did, you might be able to see it. Yeah. Anyways. I, see, I don't have a bald spot. It's just like I cut I cut my hair a little bit low, so it it looks like that here a little bit. But you do have a V in your hair. I do have a V, yeah. You could have a bang purple haze, not a sponsor. Dude, you should chug it before we finish. I'm not chugging it. I've been looking for this fucking beverage. Not not a bang. This specific flavor everywhere. What is it? It's called Purple Haze. Isn't it? Purple Haze. Purple Haze. That's not a song. I know. It's Purple Rain. Uh, pur- purple Rain. Purple Haze. Okay. And first off, another thing. I, that Jay, that was a good halftime show at the fucking Super Bowl. I loved it. I enjoyed it. it I had a boner halfway through. Somebody was trying to tell me that that was hands down the best halftime show in that stadium and i say nay at that stadium at that stadium i don't know what other that's the was. second that's the second I, mean, I don't know what other show there was that's the second game. best halftime show the first in my opinion was the prince halftime show at that stadium because i think that stadium's done purple rain they did <laughs> i think that 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 stadium's done five super bowls and they've had or five or whatever um he played purple rain and it was pouring rain in the stadium when he played. Yeah. Purple it was amazing. Night. No, that was great. You son of a bitch. I'm a fucking... Do you want me to close it out like you used to, or do you want me to go ahead and close it out? Let's you close it out. In a while. Let's close it out, man. You haven't closed in a while. Do you want to close it out? Do you remember? Cookies are for closers, man. Coffee's for closers. I've heard it both ways. No, it's... What? Do you know what movie that's from? Do you know what movie mine's from? 
Oh. Both both were spoken by the same person, Alec Baldwin. No way. Yeah. What is that? Cookies for Cookies are for closers is from uh, the the baby movie, Bo- Boss Baby. Oh, stop. It's from Boss Baby. Alec Baldwin did the voice for the Boss Baby, and he says cookies are for closers. And it's and isn't that uh, Glengarry? Wasn't that the right movie, Glengarry? Yeah, Glengarry Ross. Ross. Yeah, that's where he's a coffee's for closers. He says exactly the same way, but in the movie, is like a big baby. Wait, the he's same like, way, like with like, that like, intensity. Cookies are for closers. <laughs> And no. like that perfect fucking Alec Baldwin voice but, at the dude, time. If you don't have the intensity when you say it, it's not the same thing. I can't say it. I'm not Alec Baldwin. Yeah, but no, but I'm saying he has to say it the same way, and I don't know if you could say it the same way because it's just that intense. It was super intense. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen either, please go watch it. Have Alec you actually Baldwin's watched the whole one? What? For Glenn Gary, Glenn, Glenn Ross? I've seen it one time, a long time ago. Actually, that's a rewatch for me because I have to rewatch a lot of movies. Uh, in my days. Put that coffee down. Now fuck it. Coffee's for closers only. Oh, I thought it was one more time. You think I'm fucking with you? <laughs> okay, he doesn't say, do you think I'm fucking Put with you? Put that <laughs> coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. You think I'm fucking with you? He says, you think I'm fucking with you? He does not say that. He definitely has to say it. He, does he doesn't not, say it. And it doesn't he doesn't count. say that in Boss Baby. Oh, come on. He should. That makes more sense. That makes more sense. Anyways, guys, we're going to go ahead. That cookie down. Cookies are for again. Oh, shit. I hate you. That cookie down. Cookies are for closers. Which one was done better? We need to know. Both are Alec Baldwin. I can't do it. <laughs> all right, guys. We're going to end up our episode. Are you ready to close it? Do you think you remember it all? He hasn't been here in a while. I haven't been here in a while, and I don't have my notebook in front of me that has all of our amazing plugs. I'll fill in. But, but let's tell start me, with Patreon. Tell me some stuff. How's Patreon been doing? Dude, insane. And we're going to put this video. We've been taking a video this entire show. Three hour long video. No, I'm just kidding. It's like two hours probably. A little editing. I'm growing out I'm my not beard. Edit it. I'm growing out my beard, and I cut my hair. I'm not gonna edit. And it. I bought a new jacket. So nice. Thank you. I've been wearing the same like Christmas sweater. It's the uh, uh, you done messed up AA Ron Christmas sweater that I've been wearing for like the past two years. So upgraded my gear a little bit. Thank God. Um, God damn it. Because apparently wearing blue all the time is. A site for stories for some people, but whatever. Uh, this is Fantasy Intervention. We are on Facebook. Um, Probably six round, six round pick or so. Yeah, because how many picks are in when you do? Um, if I could, what is it called? I have no idea the, what you're doing. Dra- right. He the, looks like he's like trying to fist something. I'm birthing a baby calf. Reverse. I'm taking it out. You know. What kind of fantasy draft are you doing right now that's not normal fantasy football that I don't normally do? A rookie draft. No, that's For Dynasty. Not. Dynasty. Thank you, sir. Holy Why can't shit. you just say normal shit when I ask you to do normal shit? Because you're birthing a cow over there. I was there. birthing a cow in reverse. Damn you. Okay. Kelly has two L's for Rob. 
Fat Rob. Fat Rob. Uh, <laughs> wait, did I say two L's? I think he has two E's. Boston College. Tell me what you're thinking with him. Yeah. Another school scares me with running backs. I mean. Yeah, Matt Ryan was nothing like him. No, my back. God. Matt Ryan was the worst <laughs> running back in college, cost, college, college, <laughs> Boston College history. God, I'm like the Liberty Biberty guy. Golly. <laughs> Matt Ryan is the worst running back in Boston College history. Yeah, he was really Got bad. it. <laughs> Put the other shit in fucking post or whatever. No, but... Ground and pounders are, what, Josh Howard's, right? Jordan Howard? These ground and pounders, they're Jordan Howard's. <laughs> they're you know that thing in Mean Girls where, like, the girl's, like, tits or whatever, like, felt funny? Right, where... Whenever yeah. she could feel rain? She had, yeah, where she... she it was knew something she like had. that, right? Yeah, it was like... She, She's like I, I've uh, only seen Mean Girls like briefly. But. Yeah, it was it was Amanda Seyfried's character. She said it's that she had she had ES, ESPN or whatever. Yeah. She was, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's a sixty percent chance that it's already raining or something like that. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. dude. Yeah, but that that was That's one of those you. things. That's but. you. <laughs> but I like I said, and, and I was freaking out. I'm like, do we keep Teddy and Case? Do we keep Case and lose Teddy? Do we? You know, Wait, like, you couldn't have kept uh, Teddy. Because we had post injury, he only played for two or three years. We had, but he was a first round pick. He was our right. He was our thirty second pick back in whatever year we drafted him, like twenty fifteen. But he wasn't a free agent the same year as those guys. No, but he uh, he he had left. He, we had traded. I think we tra- ended up trading him prior to the end of his contract. I, I'd have to like go back and yeah, look I don't at think everything. that. Yeah, but there was a situation where we were trying to figure out going forward who was going to be our quarterback after the Case Keenum year. Like, we're, are we going to bring back Case Keenum because he just had this magical 13-3 and season? You know, we just missed going to the Super Bowl. And then, you know, are we going to re-sign Bradford? But he's injury-prone. And then do we or do we, we want to extend here? Do we want to extend to Teddy? How do we get back to the Vikings? We always get back to the Vikings. It's always about the Vikings. The world is the Vikings. Skull. I, I have to fit it in. I've been out I'm for a minute. I'm so confused about how we got here. <laughs> Anyways. We were um, talking about Back things. to Taysom Hill. That's how it got there because the their situation. No, so with – I have no idea the, what you're doing. Dra- he looks like he's like trying to fist something. I'm birthing a baby calf reverse. I'm taking it out. 